This is the Litigation Management Podcast, and I'm your host, the CEO of Case Glide, Wesley Todd. The Litigation Management Podcast is where I get the opportunity to interview some of the most successful people and influential people in and around the claims litigation management space. It's getting hot here in Florida. It's a Thursday afternoon. I'm in St. Pete. Gene's in Miami. Today on the Litigation Management Pod, I have Gene Kassane. Gene is one of the founders of Cole Scott and Kassane. Uh, which I believe is, if not the biggest, one of the biggest insurance defense firms in the country, probably in the world, yet all of the attorneys are in Florida, which shows you how successful they've been and how focused they are. And Gene may look young, but he's been doing this for a minute. I'm super excited as a CSK alum to get this opportunity. Gene, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me, Wes. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. And today we're going to talk about, you know, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to really get into the head of someone that has seen the evolution of claims litigation management and has pretty much every uh, influential claims leader on his in, in his Rolodex. So we get a ton of perspective here for the adjusters and attorneys in the audience. And we're going to talk about him, him helping build CSK and what, you know, what this latest chapter in the market looks like. Before we get into all that, Gene, can you tell us about your background and experience? I'd be delighted to, Wes, and thank you for asking. So I'm Gene Kassane, as you point out, Wes, with the law firm of Cole, Scott, and Kassane. A little bit about me. I was born in New York. I was raised there. My father, uh, who was in claims management, uh, was transferred to Chicago. So we did the rest of our living there. And then I came to school. Uh, down in Miami, and here I am all these years later, and I made it, or maybe my brothers and dad made the determination, Wes, but I decided at some point I wanted to be a lawyer, and specifically a trial lawyer, so I went to law school here in Miami, and I graduated in 1989, and that really is where the story starts of me and my career, Wes, There's a former chief justice of the Florida Supreme Court, uh, Fred Lewis. Fred at the time was a trial lawyer and an appellate lawyer here in Miami. And uh, he suggested to my older brother, Joe, you should go intern for Tom Scott, who at the time was a state court judge, soon to be elevated to the federal court. Joe did that. So when it was my turn to look for a summer gig, Joe said, you should go to Tom Scott. So I did, and Tom ultimately hired me as his law clerk when I graduated from law school. So I clerked for Tom, 1989-90, and at that point when I was done, Wes, Tom said, what is it you want to do, Judge Scott? And I said, I want to try cases. He said, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to introduce you to Richard Cole, right? So I went to a firm where Richard was a managing partner, Richard taught me to try cases. And then one day we're sitting around in 1997. And we said, what do you think about starting our own thing? So we did precisely that. It was myself, uh, Richard Cole, Dan Shapiro, some names you certainly know. And then Tom came and joined us after having been a federal judge and the US attorney for the Southern District. And voila, there's Cole Scott Casano. What's pretty neat about it, Wes, I think it was, seven lawyers in 1997. And we've now grown, as you said, to be Florida's largest firm. 
and how do we get there? And it's all organic growth. So what I mean by that, Wes, is we haven't gone and purchased or acquired. We just got lawyers, trained them, or and some came in already being uh, experienced lawyers. How do we do it? And my wife will ask me that. How do you do it? And I say, well, you know what? You put aside the Brad Pitt good looks and the Jimmy Kimball personality. Here's how we did it, man. Gratitude, gratitude, and more gratitude to the people that enabled us to do this. And as Tom Scott told me, Judge Scott, Wes, two things. And I tell you, man, to this day, I think about it. Loose lips sink ships. Your client's confidences are precisely that. And secondly, and this is very, very important in the insurance industry, Wes, don't make promises that you can't or you're unwilling to keep. So if you promise somebody something, they're relying upon it. Well, golly, deliver it. And if you can't, pick up the phone and say, I can't meet this deadline. I've been called to trial, right? And, and that person is going to 99.9% of the time be happy to give you more time. But don't let deadlines come and go, right? And it's, man, and I try to impart this on the younger lawyers, Wes, collaboration and partnership collaboration and partnership. These clients who we have the privilege to work for, they're our partners, man. So let's act like it and let's be in step with it. And here we are. Now, it's not a CSK infomercial, but right throughout Florida, we try more cases than any Florida defense firm. Um, and uh, grateful to be here. And now the final segment of my story, Wes, and I really would be remiss to myself and my listeners. I've got a wonderful wife. I have wonderful kids, five kids now grown. And I have a faith that doesn't let me down, man. So thank you for having me today. I, I love that. And as you know, I'm very glad that um, you made those risky moves in your early in your career. And I'm sure you could have never dreamed in your wildest dreams what would become of all of this. But um, it's just amazing how good things happen to good people. And I remember my billing number was 250, 256. So I was attorney 256, I think is what that means. I'll, I'll just take that for what it's worth. And, um, you know, if I still felt like a small firm when I got there in 2009, I believe. Um, it was so collegial. I knew who everybody was. Yeah, that culture was huge. Aram uh, McGarian, he taught, taught me from day one, bad news travels fast. You know, you're going to make mistakes, but you need to keep everybody um, aware of that because people will forgive you. We're going to make mistakes. Uh, and, you know, I learned, I was just so fortunate, you know, when I, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing my own little comment here. I couldn't get a job anywhere. It was 2009. The economy had just crashed. And uh, no one would hire me. And I think that's exactly why Aram wanted me was because he could tell that I had talked to 350 firms and I got rejected by everyone. I was still going for number 351. And I got there and I crushed it and we crushed it together and we did really good for the customers. And it showed that, you know, character trumps grades and, uh, you know, the objective metrics and and also the nurturing that the and, and the trust that the firm had in its associates to go out there and figure things out, uh, you know, for themselves in combination with the support of all the experienced staff that somehow you guys are able to 
keep and support. So, you know, your story directly, uh, you know, relates to mine. And then, like I was saying to you before we kick this thing off, I traveled the country when I started Case Glide. And in every room I went to, they said, hey, I just talked to Gene last week or, oh, hey, uh, you know, Gene. And, 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 and it's just so amazing the impact that you've had. Um, I'm sure it's so rewarding to, uh, you know, to be very successful, but also to have a lot of people that are very proud to have worked with you. Well, uh, you know what, Wes, I think you really did say it best just then. There's more than what school you went to. There's more than what was your grade point average. There's more than all of these accolades. What is your character, man, right? Did you work hard to get here? Do you want to work hard to get here? So I think when we look at CSK and other businesses incorporate this as well, it's a character-driven law firm. I can only choose. I can't always choose who I'm with. I can only choose to be with whom I want to be. And they've got to be high character. They don't have to be perfect. You know, they can be like me, very imperfect. But your character's got to be near flawless. And that yeah. creates what, Wes? It creates a culture. The character creates a culture. And it's a culture here at Decency. Yeah, yeah, that, that's fantastic. So I want, you know, I could talk to you about the insurance defense market all day long. I'd love to pick your brain on that. What I would like to do is get started with um, some, you know, giving these listeners the perspective of someone who has spoken with the top right uh, and yes we are thinking about challenges uh, external to the market and internal i think the more exciting one is external as far as social inflation nuclear verdicts the plaintiff's bar getting so powerful i mean they always have been but it feels like they're even more powerful and just all the pressures that are facing insurers and tpas to remain uh, financially stable uh, and and the big piece of that being litigation. What are you seeing out there as far as challenges facing our clients? A lot of challenges, right? You see me pause there. Post-COVID, uh, something's different. And some of the challenges that we're seeing are, as you noted, the nuclear verdicts, right? The social inflation. I don't know yet, Wes, and I don't know that I'll ever know. What's different now than back in January and February 2020? I think in part that the people who sit as jurors now, there was during COVID uh, money that was given and money that was accepted. And I wonder, and I scratch my head, and I'm not drawing good, bad, or in between. Look, we were helping people who needed help, right? The government helped us. Is there now, when jurors sit and listen and then deliberate, a feeling of giving money to that claimant who may or may not deserve it? And then we tie that in, West, with the reptile theory. And a little bit about the reptile theory in a nutshell. These lawyers are skilled to go toward an emotional reactive trigger component of each of our brains. And they uh, draw out this emotion. And that emotion with these societal conditions that are creating nuclear verdicts 
um, are very dangerous now. So we're seeing, Wes, non-operated trip and fall cases, automobile accident cases, non-operated knees, where the verdicts are four, five, six million dollars, right? So that's a big pressure, man. You know, on the claims professional and on the trial lawyer, uh, there's no doubt about it. Some other things that we're seeing. Yeah. Um, Morgan and Morgan, what a fantastic story. And here's what they have, Wes, in part. They've got some awfully, awfully good trial lawyers. And where do they get those trial lawyers from? Many of them from good defense firms. Now their salaries double. And now they're in an environment where they're trying cases. And Morgan and Morgan has built up this bench strength. And I like to say, Wes, I'll put Cole Scott's bench strength against any defense firm in this country. Maybe I win it, maybe I don't, but I'm gonna be in the discussion, right? What Morgan is creating over there puts a lot of pressure, it does, on these carriers, on the MGAs, the TPAs, the Lloyd syndicates, and the lawyers handling cases against them. Why? And, and uh, it's so important about case Clive. Why? Because they have, meaning the plaintiff attorneys, I'll say unlimited resources. Is it truly unlimited? I don't know. When, I, uh, when you compare it to maybe some of our resources and cost concerns, uh, it's not always easy to combat that. This and, is uh, yeah, this is massive. No, um, there's what you're saying is so important. I think you've just nailed it. And I'll just, just for those almost, we'll use this almost as like a, a tool here uh, for people to do further research because we can only, we can only stay high level. Um, but the other piece is that there is reform going in and being pushed every year and it's going to get through. That's going to allow for people to invest. You know, people are already allowed to invest in a case, but there's going to, it's going to become, um, a, 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 you know, hundreds of billion dollar industry that savvy investors can get into soon. It's already happened in Arizona. It's happening in Utah. The, the, this stuff is pure, it's like the stock market. You could easily invest in a portfolio of, of claims litigation on the plaintiff side. And, and, and so that, that we haven't, we're going to get there um, soon and we haven't even gotten there yet. And it's still um, so such a challenging situation for us. And to your point about, you know, bring up case Clyde to this and talking about the resources, they have very good technology. They have very good collaboration and maybe even more importantly, they don't have technology that works against them that makes them do like clerical work and duplicative work and manual work to put something in this system and, and make sure something goes to that system and follow this rule. They don't have any of that either. So they not only have good technology, but they don't have bad technology, which probably even plays a bigger role. It might even be why we're seeing some of our most talented defense lawyers uh, migrate over there. So. Great insight. You have anything else you want to add to that before we move on? I mean, I know we could go on all day just on that topic. Well, you know, um, yeah, there's a lot of different factors that that burden our side of the defense, Wes, and it's really something, and I've spoken to you several times offline about this. Um, you want to get work. 
you want enough work, but you don't want too much work. Some lawyers don't understand too much work is precisely that, it's too much work, right? I want to be evaluated as an individual lawyer in our law firm based upon a component of fairness. And I think Case Clyde, Wes, I really do, gives the law firms that ability, but maybe even more importantly, gives the industry that ability, right? Wes, from this perspective, I would get a call, say, Gene, you know what, we're looking at our roster of attorneys and you guys are third or you're second or you're fourth or whatever number you are on legal spend. And I would say, yes, but, and I wanna be appropriate in saying it, right, Wes? But I'm getting your bad paralysis cases. I'm getting your death cases. I'm getting whatever it is. And the other firm maybe isn't getting the heavy lifting. So inevitably my legal spend, but it was, Wes, it's not an easy message to convey. What does Case Clyde do for us? It gives the industry an indemnity component, right? What is the legal spend? What is uh, not only the legal spend, what's the indemnity spend? What was the verdict? What was the settlement? And I think that allows clients to look and assess, okay, what's now the complete picture? And you know, Wes, and you know this, I could go on and on for the entirety of today on that point that this industry has, and it's real money, been so focused on legal spend that we sort of looked a blind eye oftentimes to the indemnity component. And Case Glide and what you've done, it's revolutionary. And you've not asked me to say this, you've not encouraged, I, I want it to be on this, to, to convey that message to our industry not your industry, not mine, not his and not hers, ours, that now we have a vehicle that truly allows for partnership and collaboration. But I could go on and on and on. You know, in so, that regard, Wes, let me just comment upon this. So much of the claims professional, these are bright, these are successful people. Their day is going to be spent worrying about is the budget uploaded correctly? Did they timely submit it? Did they use the right form for the pre-mediation report for the initial case analysis? And I'll tell you what, man, if we could take a lot of that clerical time on both sides, meaning the law firm and the claims professional and put it to analyzing strengths in the case, assessing weaknesses, researching, Talk about just a gold mine of time that we didn't otherwise have. And, and uh, that's why I really am such a proponent of the things you're doing. Uh, I, I really appreciate all those kind words. A, a lot of it, it, it's tough because if you think about it, to your point, we, you were, and it's amazing to think how successful CSK has been as a results-oriented firm, even though... Uh, the insurance industry wasn't given the tool to actually see the impact of the, those results. Uh, you know, I was trained to get good results. Uh, I was trained to try to win summary judgments and motions to dismiss and things like that. And, and, and sometimes trials. And the fact that that was how you trained all 500 plus of these lawyers and that, that should cost it uh, more than losing and handing over the keys when the plaintiff asked for them. Uh, and the fact that you were still able 
to compete on expense, even when you're winning, uh, shows you really just how, how dynamic this firm is. And what I think, you know, I, I you know, my, my concern was, you know, when I was, when that was happening for me was, um, you know, this is, when's it gonna be too late? When is the, you know, at what point is, can we not repair things? Can we not bring in the talent? Can we not reward the top attorneys? And, and it, it frankly, it worries me a lot. I think your support, the defense bar support, because defense bar has really been hindered by technology, not helped for a while. Now, of course, you have your own internal technology that does wonders, but the technology imposed by the insurance companies for the most part, um, and, you know, for, for you to remain open-minded after, you know, decades of, of, of really challenging technology issues in this market is incredible. And I really appreciate it. And I think, Gene, that every other um, defense firm that has spent their time being focused on winning would agree. And I think that uh, all claims litigation executives that are rewarded with a bottom line would agree, or, or excuse me, rewarded for the outcome of the bottom line would agree. Um, are they, you know, what's a combined ratio and and are they, you know, the biggest piece of that is the settlement, not the expense. So I do think that it's to your point, it's the combination of, okay, what's the indemnity? And then is that good or bad? So calibrating that for what was the exposure? What was the demand? What were the medicals? What were, you know, what, what are all the different components of this? And who was the plaintiff's attorney? Who was the judge? not, you know, really calibrating that outcome. And that's going to be a team effort. That's going to be you and some other leading defense lawyers and insurance industry veterans saying, hey, this may not be perfect, but this is the best way of measuring success in insurance defense. Not how cheap they are, but how good they are. And, 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 and so, you know, it's going to be tough, but I think we're, I think the industry's behind it. And I think we're making a lot of progress. No doubt. And you know what you said, Wes, in so many words, when you were part of a trial team, uh, you, you, you were focused on winning, right? Of doing the best job you could for your client. And you would get a great win, remember? And then maybe somebody would say you build too much, right? And then the industry seemed to be looking at that legal spend and maybe not looking as closely at the indemnity spend. And I ask you this, Wes, and our listeners, would you rather spend 100,000 in defense to save 5 million in indemnity, or would you rather spend 50,000 in defense and then have to pay somebody 5 million in indemnity, right? Not that it's universal and it's always gonna be without challenge. You could put forth great expense and still lose. But here's what I've seen, Wes, and I think you did a little bit too. We went from, Oftentimes, whether it's because of e-billing or whatever the issue, being side by side with our claims partner, who we have the privilege to work for, man, and we knew who the enemy was, right? We did. Side by side fighting. And then with this legal expense and do you put in the right page numbers in your time entry, if you don't put in the right page numbers, you're going to be cut. You wonder, is my best warrior by my side any longer? or perhaps not. And I think a lot of the legal litigation management has created something that I personally have been successful in avoiding, a friction. A friction of I did this great work, 
but now they've taken away a third of what my compensation should be. And if I was a plaintiff's bar, that would be my exact strategy, right? Is I would um, try to come up with some way of just getting my opponents to put the, you know, most, the least expensive people on a case, right? I mean, I mean, what, you know, the least, the, the least they're getting paid, the least competent they are. I mean, what a perfect recipe for disaster for the insurance industry. It, it's frankly, it's incredible to me, um, you know, that we're in the situation we're in where this isn't a total catastrophe. And I feel like um, it's only because it's, you know, lawyers govern themselves. And as I was mentioning earlier, the, the shackles are about to come off, I think, and, and real money people are going to be coming in. And, uh, you know, whether it's three years, five years, 10 years, and it's not going to be, um, you know, they're going to try. If, if I was Morgan and Morgan, I would try every single case, you know, because, you know, they, 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 you know, their lawyers are, like you said, competent to, to talented and um, they stand so much to gain and they, 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 they have better incentive structure than most defense firms. Um, I would try every single case. And if they did, I think we'd have some serious uh, financial stability problems in the industry. There's no question about it. And, you know, you mentioned the industry, Wes, and I'm not here to just backslap. I'm not doing that to you or this industry. But you know what? Without this industry that I'm committed to, that has allowed me to be part of it, there wouldn't be a U.S. economy. This industry is paramount to the success, not only of this country, but many other countries. And here's something, Wes, it actually makes me, I don't know if laughter or pity is the right emotion, but I'll be on the treadmill at night. Watching the news, I'll see a plaintiff's attorney. <clears throat> you can pick the name, get up there and say, you know these insurance companies, these insurance companies are sinister. They don't want to pay you what you're entitled to. Hire ABC law firm, right? And I think I would love to speak to any one of those lawyers who are advertising and ask them, how do you protect your family and your automobile? Well, with insurance. Well, how do you protect your home from somebody harming your home and perhaps, God forbid, harming somebody within the home? Well, insurance. Well, if you were to lose your job for whatever the reason, how do you protect against that? Well, disability insurance, right? Income protection insurance. The fact of the matter is these lawyers, and I say, how dare them, that stand up there and want to mock and attack this industry, you know, somebody should look at where are you writing your premium dollars to? And if it's such a bad industry, right? If it's such a bad industry, why are you writing the premium dollars? So I think it's a fantastic industry. And you know this, Wes. I could go on and on. These folks are under siege. They have to be profitable, right? You use the phrase loss ratio. Sure, it needs to be profitable. But you know what? And in Florida, our third-party bad faith is so extremely unfair toward these companies. There's cases out there, Wes, that if a company is aware of an accident and they then tender their policy proceeds within 21 days, 20 days, 30 days, it's deemed untimely. And yet the industry has to also work under those constraints, take the social inflation, take the reptile theory, take the nuclear verdicts, and then what do they have? They have this administrative component. 
That is important. And that's why I say to you, man, you hit a home run with Case Glide because it's easing that component of it. Uh, monumentally so. It really is. Well, because well, you I, know what it lets me do in Part West? Let me focus on the case, right? And all the other stuff is important, but it's almost self-effectuating through Case Glide. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, yeah, I mean, that, it, it, it's, it's, it's not rocket science, right? We've got a lot of winners. We have a lot of um, really talented people on the adjuster and attorney side, and it's just right. removing the shackles. It's not, it, it was obvious to me because I kind of knew little, I, I knew just enough to be dangerous, right? Uh, for five years at CSK. I, um, so I, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, uh, we could talk about this stuff all day. I think you really, no hit, I think you really hit all the good points, Gene. What, what I, you know, do we have about 7,000 people who um, subscribe to receive the, this podcast in their inbox? And most of them are uh, young up and coming attorneys and adjusters. It's just kind of how the cookie crumbles with who, who, who's interested in these things, you know, some go-getters. And what I wanted to take the opportunity to do, asking somebody who has built a firm from three to 500 and done it in a way where everybody smiles when they hear your name. What advice do you have for, you know, and your you know, adjusters and attorneys, what advice do you have for them about how they can make the most of this? Because I, I think the sky's the limit in this industry. I think you know that too, but um, what, what, you know, what would you tell them uh, as far as to how to be successful? You know what, I'm gonna, man, it's a good question. And I'll, I want everybody to know, who Wes and I didn't discuss the questions and the answers. I'm hearing this for the first time and it's a great question. Wes, it's a big problem in our industry. <laughs> Turnover. It's true in the carrier side. It's true in the defense firms, right? Post COVID, during COVID more than ever. So what advice would I give? I'm gonna proceed that Wes by giving you and the listeners this to, to, to consider as I'm speaking. When I was uh, a young partner interviewing associates or prospective associates like yourself, and they walk in, uh, how many jobs do you think you'll have? The answer I would hear back is, Mr. Kassane or Gene, if things go right, one. That's why I'm here. And do you know now, and this is published stuff, Wes, you can look it up. You know what the average answer is going to be back? 12. 12. So look, your question, I'm going to go on too long, is so great. What do I say to folks? Enjoy your life. And the old saying, I work to live, I don't live to work, right, Wes? But I'm telling you, and I have good days, and I have days that are challenging, right? But if we have now a job, uh, where we're surrounded by friends and colleagues, and it's a passion, man, where we're going to lose, and I'm going to scratch my head someday saying, maybe I should have went to medical school, and my mom was right, you know? But if we have a job that we enjoy, and, and it's now a part of our family and our children and our, and our life, if everything goes well. So now what would I say to the younger people? And that's probably everybody listening, right? is look, when you fall down and you skin your knee, don't look that way and say, who pushed me? Get up and you're gonna fall again. And I want you to get back up and be afraid, but don't be too afraid. 
Meaning by that was, you're going to go in for the first time or the tenth time to pick a jury, and you're going to have nervousness, but overcome it, man, and be that gladiator, he or she, standing in the rank. Somebody far smarter than me, Wes, said, it's not the critic who gets the praise. It's a bullfighter. It's the one in the arena who gets it, right? So love what you do, and I mean it, but you got to find it in here. Love what you do, be willing to fail at what you do. And then when you succeed at what you do, let others talk about your success. Have modesty, be the young woman or, or young man that, that your parents or those who influenced your life had in mind when they were teaching you. And be grateful. And here's what I say, don't be a backslapper. When you got bad news to deliver to a client and they don't want to hear it, well, golly, you better deliver it because that's your job and you're sworn to do your job, right? And have fun. That, that's great advice. I think, um, you know, I, I lived those. Uh, and, and, you know, just 10 years after you started the firm, I lived all of those things. I missed those days of, of learning and having the, you know, just the, the colleagues and the different friends and very diverse firm, uh, very, uh, you know, like my group that I started with went on, uh, they all were very successful within CSK and outside. I think those things are, 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 are and it wasn't easy and, and, and I'm glad it wasn't. And then to your other point, it was very interesting that uh, I, I talked to a lot of friends, you know, and, and of course, like working hard, like a lot of people aren't for that anymore. And that's fine, right? I mean, for me, you know, I find happiness in working hard, but maybe, maybe some people don't. Maybe CSK may not be the place for them. But, you know, what was interesting was the fam the families. Um, you know, I had a lot of friends that were around the same, same uh, year and they had gone to different firms. And all the partners at those firms had broken families. And I think it was kind of this thing of, of a particular generation of um, how, you know, just how things were. And what was awesome about CSK is I could actually look up to everybody. Because to your point, somehow, even though we were there on Saturdays and late on the weekdays, still had good families that would come to, you know, come and see us and 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 people were happy. I don't know what that, that trip was, I, I, but um, it worked. And. I definitely saw that. And man, I don't know how you're able to do it at the 250 attorneys, how you're able to do it at 500. I have 35 employees uh, and it's hard. It's hard to have a-, a You know how, yeah. Wes? Not how I've been able to do it. And I mean this, it, it, I'm a small part of a big puzzle. I've got great law partners, man. You know, Richard Cole, Tom Scott, Scott Cole, Mike Brand, Barry Postman, Michelle Morales. Henry Salas, Aaron McGarry, and John Coleman, on and on and on. And I'm leaving a lot of people out. They're the reason for this success. My legal assistant, he or she is the reason for my success, right? Um, and you let people know that. And you may recall this, Wes, I don't know if you will. The lawyer will come in, stressed out, about billing. Can't use a word in my office. I don't want to hear it. I want to talk to that lawyer. How are you going? Tell me about one of your cases. How are you going to win it? Because I have found this out. Wes, a few things in my career. If you do a good job, you do it honestly, and you do it with a passion, all the other stuff comes along. You're going to bill your time. You're going to make money for billing your time. You're going to get a bonus. 
but be true to your core, man. Be true to who you want to be. And if you're going to be a pretender, and I don't think the folks listening in are, uh, it's not the business for you. It's not the business for that person, right? Right. Yeah, you definitely have to be authentic here because it's a marathon, not a sprint, and the truth's going to come out, um, you know, whether you like it or not. And and you really can't be successful in this industry overnight. So, yeah, I think that's great advice. I, I really appreciate it. Um, sure. Wes, can I add one thing that's please. important? Yeah. If you ask me a question, what would I say to folks, to the younger people? I've been blessed. And I sure hope he doesn't hear this. I had a mentor in my life. I had great parents, man, great kids and a wife. But I had a gentleman by the name of Richard Cole. You know Richard. He took me from Tom Scott. And Tom said, you got to go interview with Richard. I had a green pair of slacks. I had an old blazer that I think I last wore in high school. And here I'm going into Richard. And I had a mentor who I looked up to every day who was always courteous to me. He was tough and you know how tough Richard is. He's never once raised his voice at me. He never once used a bad word toward me. What he did was he taught and he had very little tolerance for giving a second lesson. He taught, he appreciated. So young people get a mentor. And if that person, he or she is good to you, don't leave that place because somebody else is giving you X dollars more. Don't do it stay with that person or that people. That's amazing advice. I totally agree with that. I, you know, you got, you might have a 50 year career these days. Yeah, $2,000 in year two or $5,000. It's not gonna matter. Oh, that's, I was actually going to ask you about that. So I'm glad you said that. that yeah, was it's that important to me. So when people say the reason for your success, multifactorial, man. And, and so, you know, that's a perfect way to end this because I know that when you know, an adjuster has 150 claims and an attorney has 150 lawsuits, the last thing they have time to do is figure out who to listen to and reach out to them and get advice. And it's really unfortunate, actually. I remember how busy I was and I'm blessed to have the, the network and the time. And so now you get to, you get to hear um, these insights. Just I really appreciate it, Gene. I mean, this is the value of a mentor right here. You could you get this perspective and make decisions that'll impact the rest of your life. And um, this has just been wonderful, wonderful opportunity. Is is there a way um, if anyone wants to reach out to you, like LinkedIn or email? Any any? Uh, Heck yeah. yeah! Let me give you my email and to the listeners, and uh, particularly folks who want to visit about these issues. Man, I'm not too busy, right? My email is Kissane, which is my last name, K I S S A N E at csklegal.com, csklegal.com, and my direct number at work, 305-350-5345. Hit me up, and I'm on uh, LinkedIn, and it really would be uh, a privilege to visit with folks, and you know that, Wes. You know I'm a visitor. I embrace people. Why? Because I think I've been embraced by people, and I want to close, man, and I mean it. I'd be remiss. You know all of the partners that I've been fortunate to have, Wes, in, in, including yourself, including this fantastic family, no individual names. This industry, this industry that I work for, it's honorable. They're highly decent people. They're very, very, very smart people. And they allowed me and they trusted me. 
And the advice to the young people, if you say it, you better say it with the ability to uh, repeat it in a crowded room. What I mean by that is don't say it if it's not spot on factual and gain people's respect, right? And give the respect that, 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 that people deserve when you're speaking to them. Words of wisdom. I really appreciate it. Thank you, it. man. Reach out to Gene, reach out to me. Um, this has been one of the best litigation management podcasts yet. Thanks you, thank you, and let's do it again soon. I look forward to it, Wes. Thanks for including me.